0: in the lord good amen. amen to that how about this new season we're going into fall like fall's coming this week hey with that i felt like i needed to give a warning to everybody in the first service same to you uh i don't know if you're like me at the, every every season every new season has allergies like there's 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 pollen there's things changing and so it's not covid it's just it's allergies, all right? So don't, you start sneezing, you got a little drainage. Don't, don't, don't let the spirit of fear start to come in and, and start to run you off and, and get, take you into the cave of depression, anxiety, and fear, and worry. Take some sinus medicine. That's it. Go live life. Enjoy. Enjoy your relationships, okay? We're good? But the good news is after tomorrow, tomorrow it's like a heat wave of 97, but then it gets cool. And you know, you know the good thing is if you're extremely religious, you know, God would, God would meet with Adam in the cool of the day. You're like, finally I can go meet with God. <laughs> he wants to meet with you every day, and I think you'll find he was meeting with you right now even. <laughs> and so, oh, man. Hey, last, uh, I forgot to talk to you all about our first Wednesday we did on, uh, it was actually the second Wednesday of September. We call it First Wednesday. We'll have another one October 6th, and that, we had a great time. We uh, just kind of laid out some leadership things, some of the things that we're doing going forward, some celebrations, and we'll do that every First Wednesday, October 6th is the next one. The other cool thing about this past one was we had Kona Ice and so we had the Kona Ice uh, snow cone truck right out here, backed up here, and that was a lot of fun. Had games going on outside, so I want to invite you to the next one. That way you know kind of a bigger picture of where we're going as a church, some exciting things that have developed even recently, so good news for that. That's where you get it. Uh, you may not hear it the weekends. But you'll hear it, hear it there. And so tribes, though, start today. Start They, they kick off today. We had, a, we had a great number of leaders that signed up to lead the tribes. That's what we call small groups. And so now it's your turn to get plugged in, to get a part, become a part of a, a small group. I'm really proud of the men because our, our small group is full Tuesday at 6 a.m. Hey, man, there, there, there's two sixes that, that, that pass on the clock and 6 a.m. 6 is one of those, and men are saying, I'm going to get out of bed to go meet with other men to grow spiritually. I, I better hear every lady in the house saying, hallelujah, praise Jesus on that one. Amen. I know you all waiting for your man to just step up and lead spiritually. You better you know, speak life into that man, and then kick him out of bed at 5 15 so he can be at an Athens Cafe with us, 6 a.m. Hey, we're in our series, and, and it's a big part of of what God is doing. I think this, is, this message right here is, is uh, so desired. The body of Christ, uh, God, uh, the believers and unbelievers alike wonder, is there a God? Does God speak? And, and how can I hear Him? Well, that's what this whole message series is geared around. One, we know there's a God. He wants an intimate relationship with you. But how does that look? Well, uh, we need to have our comms on. You we know, use a military term for comms on. Communication lines on, open, and clear. The clear part is very important. We need to have them on, you know, for our kids, uh, Naomi and, and little Nathan, my my son. We tell them when we're about to, when we want them to hear the next thing that we're saying or what we're saying, we say, "Hey, turn your listening ears on." And so they'll do this, and they'll turn their listening ears on, and they'll they'll start paying attention. Well, in God's word, whenever He wanted you to understand what He was saying, especially uh, He would say, "Those who have ears to hear, let them hear." Twenty-four times in the New Testament, you see that. Obviously, He wants you to know the whole word, but God wants you to be in tune with what he is saying. He wants you to know that he has a very intimate speech, a very intimate word. He he is saying some things to you, and it's not only in his written word, but he is speaking, and he desires you to be able to get the static out of the line. Anybody ever have a walkie-talkie growing up, and there was static in the line? Get the static out of the line. So last week, we talked about... Uh, A few soils. Four soils actually is what scripture would refer. This is a parable from Jesus that he told uh, about four soils. The fourth is what we want to be. And so the first soil was a polluted heart. That's the one that it's static in the line. I, I have unforgiveness, bitterness and resentment in my heart. And so I haven't dealt with that. So I'm not really hearing God clearly. I'm a believer. But I'm just not hearing God clearly because of this static that's in my heart. It's in the line. It's in, my, it's in my soul. And then the next one was a distracted heart. I got too many things going on. I can't focus on the Lord. I'm not even spending time with him in his written word. And so I'm distracted. And then the next one was an immature heart. Man, I come into church. I hear the best word ever. Pastor Nathan just brought it home. And then I went and had lunch and I had a nap. And I, what, what was that? What did he say again? Like I got all excited. And then when, the, when, when testing starts to come and it starts to get difficult, all of a sudden, I, man, I just go back to my default. My old man, the old flesh. But the fourth soil is where God wants every one of us, and that's the prepared heart we talked about. The prepared heart. That's one who comes in, and he, he's ready. He's dealing with the, the, the unforgiveness in his heart. And, and what we said, how to become have a prepared heart is just repent, refocus and just ask the Holy Spirit to revive you. And I would even say, add a fourth R this week, it's just rest. Learn to just be in his presence and not feel anxious and weird and feel like, oh, I need to be doing something all the time. Just rest in his presence. And so that leads us to this week. Now we need to be able to discern the commander's voice. That's the, net, the topic of this this uh, message right here, the commander's voice. If you'll if we are in a spiritual war, which we are, and if we are the Lord's army, and we are the Lord's army, let me just show you this in Joshua, Joshua 5, 13 and 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord. Jesus right there. He's, he's establishing himself as the commander of the army of the Lord. Hope you're getting it. I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the, the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. You see, obedience is immediate. Joshua didn't say, you know what, I need you to to give me some examples of that. I need you to break that down. I need to find clarity and understanding. Can you you show me that in the Torah? No, he didn't say any of that. He just did it. And that's where maturity begins. He begins, you're able to understand and discern the commander's voice in your own life. And you don't have to wait to see, well, is that going to really work out? How am I going to be financially stable for that? Is that really, are are we going to be able to do that, move to that that far off location and be able to be sustained, or is, am I going to be protected? How's my health? Do I need to take some extra vitamins? Do I need to take some extra medicine? Do I need... If the Lord says it, He's going to take care of it. And so do that, but discern the voice of the Lord in the midst of doing that. And so the theme verse for this series is John 10, 3, and 5. And again, this is a metaphor Jesus loved to use culture to bring in perspective because we understand the pictures of the natural but he always wants to bring a spiritual truth into our understanding from the things that we experience natural let me give you an example john 10 3 and 5 says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice we are the sheep we are the army but we are the sheep he is the gatekeeper in this scenario he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own, he goes out on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You see, they spent some time in very dangerous places, in very uh, insecure spaces, and they were vulnerable, and they, began, they continued to listen to their shepherd's voice, the gatekeeper, and so they learned how to trust as sheep. Their gatekeeper, their protector, their provider, the one who is walking them around and leading them and guiding them. And so they, they've learned that. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And we talked about these being distracting voices, the stranger's voices. There are other competing voices with what God's voice is saying. And what I'm believing is, in this series, you will begin to discover that God is speaking way more than you first believed or even understood i think you'll understand that he's always speaking it's just a learning to tune into the 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 voice that is calling out to you and i'm praying that you will develop the ability to decipher between god's voice and this stranger's voice people from uh people frequently come up to me and they are they say here's what god is telling me to do and and, and there's so many weird nuances to that. Literally, a lo- years ago, I had someone, a friend of mine say, you know, I just feel like the Lord's telling me to, to leave my wife, and, and, and I found my soulmate, and we do Bible studies together. We're really growing in the Lord. And I'm like, bro, no, he didn't. <laughs> it doesn't line up with the Word is how I know that's not the Lord. He may be telling you, you have a soulmate, and you need to spend some time in the Bible with her, but it ain't this one that you've been, you've been with. Well, that didn't go over well. You know, people don't love to know. They don't want to know. <laughs> they, they love a God that sounds a lot like them. Did you know that? Well, don't, don't, it's so hard being a pastor because you've got to tell them the truth in love and grace of what God's word is really saying. And that's probably the last time you see them. Isn't that sad? It is very sad. It's very sad, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> So next week, though, we're going to talk about that filter, And but today I want you to understand that God is speaking, and he is speaking ever so clearly to you. We're going to learn how to get some of these soils out, but then we're going to learn how to get the static out so we're able to hear and, and clearly hear. But I'm going to give you today the, the how and the why, some of the hows and the whys, how God speaks and then why God speaks to you. And so uh, there are some belief systems that are out there that say that God no longer speaks. That, in fact, the only speaking that you'll get from the Lord is coming from this right here. And if God no longer speaks, the greatest disservice that we can do to mankind is to tell them that they can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. Because we're telling them we can have a, they need to have a personal, intimate relationship with someone who does not speak. Does anybody have a... A friend that they love to hang out with but never talks to them. <laughs> Do you love hanging out with that person like you can't wait to go hang out with, with your silent partner? No, absolutely not. And so why would we encourage people to have an encourage, have a, relation, to a relationship with someone who does not speak? He does speak. And he desires to speak. In fact, you might be the silent partner on the side of that relationship. One of my joys, though, is to make sure that you understand that God is not always, is, is not always repre- represented the way God truly is. The way he's represented is not actually who he is. And that's even through religion and even the church. God is not mad. He's not dissatisfied with you. He's not far away. He's not distant. In fact, he's up close and he is intimate and he desires to have a relationship just like that with you. So one of my, uh, sorry, uh, Scripture even gives us Jesus' nickname. Uh, you know, we, we, we knew his name was going to be Jesus. Uh, but Scripture even said that there's going to be something so unique about this Christ child, this, this Messiah. Something is so different. This, this one true God that's going to break the ideology of every God that has come before him, false God, every carved image, every, every shrine, everything that people have worshipped before. And it's, it's going to be like this. That he is going to be God, Emmanuel, God with us. Not a far away distant, but God with us. In the flesh, lay down his deity to become fully man, yet fully God still. To show us how we can live a spirit-empowered life here on earth. That's the best message you got right there. But not only do I hope that you learn about how God speaks, but more than that, that that you discover that God is speaking to you, and I believe that even today, we have notes for you that we began to lay it down and and give you some spaces for you to write, because I believe today that right where where you're at, that God's going to begin to speak to you through this message. He may be speaking to you that something is completely different than what we're talking about today. But because we're in the environment of other believers and and we're sitting here praising God and we're talking about God, we're talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom enters in and God begins to speak. He meets Dylan right over there at the same time that he's meeting Robin. He's meeting Greg right over here at the same time that he's meeting Chad. And it's intimately, personally, with everyone at the same time. How can God do that? Because he is God. God. So we, we have this also for you, so when you're done with your nap, that after lunch, and then they're like soiled, it's like, oh, what did he say? It was so good. Well, you just write that down. You just write that down, and you just put it in your little pocket, and you can pull that thing out, and you're like, oh, yeah, God, that's what you said to me. I need to apply that. It is time to start doing that. It's so easy to just forget what God says because we're not making note of it. And there's something about you internally processing that. It coming through, whether you're right-handed or left-handed. We won't get into that. But you're beginning to process and writing it out what God is speaking to you. It actually begins a process of change. But here's why. Here's why God speaks. Number one is to facilitate friendship. Exodus thirty-three eleven says, The Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as one speaks to his friend. Isn't that beautiful? And that's God's desire for every one of us to be able to meet with us face to face. No, you may not see him, but when his presence shows up in the room, you have learned, you learn to discern that he's there. The Prince of Peace is in this space and all of a sudden, the tensity, the, the tension, the fear, the worry, the anxiety begins to subside randomly, not so random because God's presence just comes in and pushes everything out that does not look like him and he's not looking for impressive speech he's not looking for you to to be able to speak in King James to pray to him to talk with him he's not looking for the thus's and the thou's and the these and the the thar's and the and the he's not looking for you to talk like Tigger by the end of the prayer service (laughs) he's just looking so for someone to relate To come down and just say, hey, God, here's the things that are going on in my heart. Here's the stuff that I'm dealing with. Like, he knows it already. He sees inside of the innermost beings of you. He knows what's in there. He's asking, would you just get vulnerable, transparent, and hand it back over to him? Because when you voluntarily do that, you're creating space for him to come into those spaces and begin to create, uh, bring healing and freedom. And now that stuff that you've been dealing with, that's been driving you, that's been making your decisions when you didn't know it was making your decisions, is starting to find healing and it's starting to find, find, find a, a freedom. And now you're no longer controlled by those hurts and those wounds, those insecurities and those pains from yesterday's past. Now you can actually do life with Him. My favorite way to communicate with God is the first thing in the morning. I love to get up and, and usually it's really quiet in my house. My son is an early bird and so he has a tractor. Now he comes in and presses that button on the tractor. It starts up like a tractor and he'll ride around the house. But when he sleeps late, I can just sit in the presence of the Lord. It's dark. It's getting dark. It's staying dark later right now for a time. And I can just I just sit there and, and await. It's like nothing's going on. I live in the country, there's nothing happening. And just hearing the presence of the of the Lord. I I'm asking him for direction you know I wake up I don't know if you I wake up with a thousand thoughts running through my mind and it causes tension in my mind and so I'm I'm almost anxious in a little bit you know anxiety would be my my struggle and and so as I spend time with God and I begin to get his perspective on what's going on he he meets me in my living room he meets me on my front porch and all of a sudden that tension begins to get released and relaxed and revelation starts to set in peace overcomes me and now I have perspective and I can see my day left for, not from a place of tension and stress and anxiety but a place of okay now this stuff can get taken care of because I spent time with the Lord and he changed my understanding and number two is this he, he God speaks to give guidance he wants to give guidance and you need to know that God sees your beginning from the end and your end from the beginning. He's already in the outcome of your life speaking out, hey, here's the direction that I would have for you to go. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the relationships I have for you. Here's the job. Here's the career. Here's, He's already on the outcome of his desired finish line, his desired finish line, calling you towards it. And in a moment, I'm going to give you another dynamic to that that even proves Scripture from a, from a very interesting standpoint. But Proverbs 3, 6 in the message says, Listen for God's voice in everything you do. You know God is at work all around you. I don't know how many of you, maybe you've had this experience where you haven't told anything about this thing that's going on in your heart and your mind and all of a sudden you have a conversation with somebody and it's very like, it's very much like the things that you've been struggling with, dealing with, or thinking over or pondering about. And then you see something, maybe maybe it's even a billboard that lines up with that thing, and what, but it lines up with God's Word. And God just uses that to get your attention, to give you some, to give you a little bit of confirmation or affirmation. Then somebody else comes... God just begins to bring things around. He's always at work. All of a sudden, it's in the things that you're reading or he's enlightening, enlightening you through his word or through a message or in the midst of worship while you've taken some time to pray. And he says, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Man, I'm going in the midst of it. Who cares what it looks like? As, he is, as you are going through it, he will get, keep you on track. And number three, the third reason why God speaks is to provide perspective. You see, not everything that you see is really what's going on. Not everything that you see is what we should live by. There's things that you see in the natural that that aren't actually the case for your life. And so it's hard for me to understand what God wants me to do in the midst of what's going on in the natural if I'm not listening to Him in His realm in the spiritual. There's things that he's saying in his realm that he's asking for his people, his army, his saints to mobilize to begin to bring a change, to make a difference in the natural realm. But it requires a people who have their comms on, who are listening to their commanding officer that is seemingly a far away but is really right there in their ear just trying to get the static out so that he can, his kingdom can come and we can implement what it is that he has in heavenly places for us to do and brings things into, natu- into order that's in the natural. And there's another dynamic going on beyond beyond this natural realm, and God is living in both. 2 Corinthians uh, Corinthians 5-7 says, For we walk by faith, not by by what we see out there. Not what we scroll through in social media and in the news. That's just stuff that is distracting, it's polluting, it's it's discouraging. But if we take what is going on in spiritual places, in heavenly places, and what God is saying, and we begin to allow that thing to do a work in our heart and our perspective, and we trust Him more than we trust what's going on in government, and then we begin to implement with love and truth and grace, but yet persistence, perseverance, then we we, we begin to bring change. I'm going to give you an example I, I heard recently, and there's... Uh, Wisconsin Badgers, and University of Wisconsin, a long time ago, it's been, been some time, uh, Badgers college football game was playing, and they were losing pretty badly. It was, it, was, it was a lost cause, and so the fans for the Wisconsin Badgers started listening to the baseball game, the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, the Milwaukee Brewers were doing great, and so the, the, the Wisconsin Badger, Badger football team was terrible play after terrible play, penalty after penalty, but yet the fans were just raging. They're like cheering on and cheering on. It was causing a lot of confusion. Well, they started listening. They had earbuds in their ear, and they started listening to the Milwaukee Brewers, and every time they scored, they would cheer, even though they were here in this Wisconsin Badgers game, that they were blowing it. And so they were living by something that they were hearing, and they they weren't, instead of looking at what they were seeing, they weren't They were bringing into the perspective, into the situation, things that they were hearing from afar. And we have seen many horrible things in the last 18 months. The trauma, the the depression, the anxiety, the, 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 the stuff that has caused so much pain in our families, in our, in our city. But we need to stop focusing on what's going on in the natural and learn to tune in to what's going in heavenly places so that we can begin to implement the change and the, the love and the healing that is necessary in this hour of the church. Because let me tell you... Yes, yeah, give it to the Lord, because there is such a great need, an open door for the body of Christ. If we will listen to what God has to say, begin to just walk it out. I'm telling you, this world is hurting, it's beat up, it's wounded, and it is looking for help and hope somewhere. And all God needs to do is have a listening ear inside of you, that when you see that individual, you're hearing from the Lord, and you're going and just saying, hey... How are you doing? I feel like I have a a word for you. Does this make any sense? You just begin to connect with that individual. Let me tell you, relationship opportunities are wide open with people who are ready to give their lives over to Christ. It just takes a body of Christ willing to listen to God and do the will of the Father. I really do believe we are on the cusp Of revival, and I believe God's people are tired of being held back by the kingdom of Babylon. They're tired, tired of the masking, tired of the social distancing, tired of the relational, the physical distancing. And this is—I really, I'm I'm just declaring right now that this is going to be a springboard forward into healthy. God-loving relationships and people are going to be tired of fighting and bickering and, and problems so much so that they're just going to start finding a way to have healthy relationships and no longer let division come between us. I think we've seen the effects of social distancing, physical distancing, and it's far worse than having some indifference with some people that I love. So I'm willing to get through some healthy confrontation to be able to work out the issues and the struggles with people because I need people and I know you need people. Yeah. That's, true. That's exactly why we have Thrive Tribe. And I'm so glad that we're a part of a church who is willing to go arm in arm with other churches to bring change and do something that is so uniquely different than anything that this county has ever seen. October 31st. About six or seven churches so far we're closing our doors. Yes, it's a Sunday, but you you already know it's Halloween. We are taking it back for the Kingdom of God. That day we're going to, and with your help, we're going to be out have a service inside the Cain Center at 11 a.m. You're going to hear more about this as we go, but we're going to have a, a day of events where we're just. Not just working. We are building relationships. We're busing people in from apartment complexes. We're busing people in from neighborhoods. We're going to serve them, but we're going to build relationships with them and other believers in the church. The body of Christ is actually going to be the body of Christ. Isn't that amazing? And by the way, you're going to hear more, but this is not a day to not, not show up. This is not, well, they're not meeting in my building, so I'm not going to church that day. No, church is meeting. We're just going to be at a different location. And God desires for you to be there. So so what does it mean? What does it look like when God speaks? And so I'm going to give you some some examples from Scripture. 1 Corinthians says this, 19, says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountains in the presence of the Lord. Now he's talking to Elijah. And remember, Elijah had just slayed 850 prophets of Baal. He had just down, called down, down rain for, for after three and a half years of drought. And then Jezebel says, hey, far be it from me. Uh, you know, the gods do, don't do ever so severely with me if by to, this time tomorrow you, you're not dead. And so uh, Elijah, after all those big successes, runs into a cave and, and hides and goes into de- depression and worry and fear and God begins to call him out. In and, and a long story short, a, a, a whirlwind passed by, he goes, wasn't in the whirlwind, God wasn't in the whirlwind, an earthquake shook, God wasn't in the earthquake, a fire broke out, God wasn't in the fire, and then there's a gentle whisper. And so it, for our picture in this is, there's all kind of stuff going on, God's not speaking to you through that, there's a whisper in the midst of all the chaos, all the seeming destruction, all the, all the, all the problems and trials in the midst of all that, there's a whisper That God is trying to impart into your soul to give you guidance for how you, He would have you specifically to persevere, endure, and change the dynamics of what's going on in your world around you. But you've got to take your eyes off all the whirlwinds, all the earthquakes, and all the fires going on around you because there's always going to be a fire. It's not yours to put out. But it's that whisper that is yours to tune into. And so He whispers encouragement. He whispers encouragement. God's not condemning you. He's not shaming you. He's not ranting over you. He's just trying to build you up. Look at this in Romans eight sixteen. The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our, in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. He already knows we're beat up. He's trying to build us up. He's not trying to tear you down. He wants to build you up. He wants to build his kingdom up. He wants to build, build his body up. He's trying to strengthen you and I. Isaiah 55, 3 he says, pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. Why? Because I'm making a life, a lasting covenant commitment with you. It means you, He's saying you're going to fail. You're going to mess it up. You're going to blow it. But guess what? I'm going to speak life into you, and I'm going to build you up right there where you blew it. Because I've got a covenant relationship with you. When you, do, when you fail, when you don't show up, I'm still going to keep showing up. Thank you, Lord. Yes. He says, the same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. See, God knows what you did, and he's still in love with you anyway. Why? Because God would lean in, and he would say, because you're my child. Because I love you. And this is an agape type love it's unconditional, and you say, I'm so proud of you, right where you are, and that in itself just convicts us, because we know our junk, we know the stuff we should be doing, we know what we shouldn't be doing, and yet here is the God of eternity saying, I'm so proud of you, that right there just builds us up, and convicts us of righteousness, and love, and and who he says we are, and by the way, God doesn't God doesn't call you by what you do. He calls you by what you will become. You know, my kids, Nathan and Naomi, they uh, act up a little bit, believe it or not. They have their parents' personalities. And so when they do things and it's outside of their character, because their character is not who they are, they're outside of their real character, uh, they say, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? That's That's what a bad kid would do. You're not a bad kid. You're a good kid. Good kids do this, this, and this. I give them an example of what they are to align with because that's really who they are. I begin to declare back into them. Yesterday, yesterday morning, I did something out in the back porch. I don't know. Maybe a, I can't remember. It, it, it's an everyday challenge. But <laughs> my son's little temperament is starting to show up even more. You know, he's like the Hulk. He turns green when he gets mad and he throws everything over that he can possibly find. And then he goes to look for something that's not bolted down to the ground. Once he can no longer find anything that's not bolted, then he sulks and he looks and he, you know, he knows he's done wrong. But yesterday, he got mad and he ran around the yard and he ran around a play set and then he stopped in the yard just like this. And it wasn't long, he starts running, ow, ants, ants, ants. And so <laughs> ants were biting him wherever he stopped. And I said, buddy, that's what happens when you get angry. You you blow it, things happen, and ants start to bite you, man. And so you don't want to get angry. (laughs) And so last night, last night we were in our bedroom. I was practicing for the message, and and he he was wanting to play. And so I'm like, all right, put that down and just play with him for a little while. And and then he got mad or something, and he starts to take off. I can tell when he's about to get mad. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Remember what happens when you get mad? And answer gonna get you. And so he, he stopped over at the door and he goes, I'm bad. I said, You're what? I'm bad. He goes, I said, no, brother, buddy, you're not bad. He goes, I'm happy. <laughs> he bought it. Like he, he's in on it, like he gets it. And and God's doing the same thing with you and I. Hey man, that's not who you are. You're love, you are joy. You are peace. You're my child. And eventually, when we start to listen to that whisper, we catch it. It, gets, it bears witness in our spirit and our heart. And all of a sudden, we easily stop doing the things that we were so invested in, we were so doing, our flesh was desiring. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, that's not who I am. What was I thinking? And that's called growth. Perfection is not what God desires, but He does desire us to just listen to His voice and make the adjustments as we go. He's walking it out with us. God is trying to encourage you. I'm telling you today. Second, number two, he whispers warnings. Hey, I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You know, we call this this Christianese thing. We have a check in our spirit. You know, it, man, I, it, it's not even in scripture, but we understand it. Hey, I got a check in my spirit. Well, even with that, especially if you're soil one, two, and three, polluted, distracted, or immature, you, you need to understand, learn to discern, Lord, is that you? That that I'm feeling, is, is that, is that the fear, that check, is that, is, is that from you, Lord? And what is that about? Can you explain that to me? Because it may be that the angel of light, there's an there's angel of light that's coming uh, and looking like an angel of light, but he's really the roaring lion that's trying to devour you. And if you, aren't, if you, aren't having a, you don't have a prepared heart and you're not m- mature enough to, to believe and discern, rather discern the difference between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the stranger, then you may be veering away from the very will of God that he has for you. You need to know that. Because sometimes we have checks in our spirit, but we don't realize that God may be leading you towards something, but because we're so immature, we haven't discerned the voice. Scripture would say it this way, the the ability to discern between good and evil. When people, just side note, I'm going on a rabbit trail. People say I've got uh, a lot of discernment. Well, sometimes they mean I'm judgy. I'm judgy, but then some people really do. They're able to discern good from evil, as Scripture would say. He whispers warnings, Acts 16, 6, and 7. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to pre- preach the Word. Isn't that interesting? They were forbidden by the Spirit. It's a good thing. It is a good thing to preach the But God says, no, I don't want you to do that. Don't go to Asia just yet. Don't do that. It's a good thing, though. So many times we would just go and do a good thing. Well, there's, We need to learn the difference between a good thing and a God thing. Because there's good things that, yes, they, you, in our own logical mind, they would have eternal value. But there's something else that God is doing in spiritual places that takes us away from just making our own decisions so that we can begin to do what God is doing in, on the natural earth. And so we need to listen. There's something else. There's another plan. There's something else he is doing. They, he forbid them from preaching the word in Asia. And after they had come to uh, Mysia, My they, they tried to go to Bithynia. But then the Holy Spirit did not per, per, uh, permit them. And if you'll give some God, God some room in your life, I'm telling you, he will begin to help you to discern. Now, now test it. Walk it out. See See what, see what he's saying. Begin to give him some space to speak into your life, but you're going to have to take a risk at some time, at some point. But God in his goodness, I'm telling you, if, if you can't look back on your life, God in his goodness, he has protected me from so much. So many times where I have started to veer off, and he like, wait, 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 wait. I wouldn't go there if I were you. I wouldn't do that. Listen, what was done in the dark will be brought to the light. I mean, I can look further back, and when I was looking for love in all the wrong places, thank God he showed up and said, Hey, wait, wait, wait. That ain't what I have for you. I've got a different relationship for you. I've got a different place for you to go. I've got a different life for you. And it may be that God is saying that's not the relationship for you. I'm reserving you for someone else, or I'm reserving someone for you. Don't do it. In the secret. Get help. That stuff that you think that nobody knows, oh. That's why we need to get in a tribe, in a small group of people. I'm not saying tell everybody, but I am saying tell somebody. Find somebody that you connect with in that that small group of people that are on a spiritual journey, going the direction that you desire to go as well. After that meeting, pull them aside and say, hey, man, I just got to share this thing. Hey, hey, sister, I just got to share this thing. You know, lady with lady. Men never don't don't start confiding in and, and women that are not your spouse and not, don't do that. It just always goes bad. Let me just tell you, it goes bad. Every time. Yep. <laughs> you see? Don't do that. James 5.16 though says, but you can't do that. You can't get help without others. We need others. Prayer. Pray to one another. Confess your faults, your shortcomings, your issues with one another, and pray for one another so that you can be healed. Number am uh, sorry, Isaiah thirty twenty one says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. So God is up here in front of you at the outcome of your life his desired will for your life his perfect will for your life and he's calling you out here's he's navigating you through the trials through the darkness through the trails through the issues and yet somehow scripture is telling us we're gonna hear it from behind us and he's saying hey don't go left and go don't go right he's doing all he can to surround us with his goodness and his voice and his will and all we have to do is just listen and pay attention to go in the direction that He is actually asking us to go, but it's going to take a fine-tuning. He is doing His part. He goes before us, He comes behind us, He's all around us. He's just trying to guide us. Please don't blame God for the things that go on in life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just listen. Begin to discern and tune in to the voice. Begin to know what His voice is because you spend time with His Word, with Him in His Word as well, and He begins to illuminate things in His scripture for you. Number three, he whispers direction. And some of you are making uh, life-changing de- decisions. Uh, maybe there's a marriage, maybe there's a job, maybe there's a career, maybe, maybe there's a, a complete shift in direction of life in general, but you're making huge life decisions. Well, God has, he just wants to be invited into that scenario. He wants to know, he wants to know, are you willing to trust me with the future that's that that in your, your life? And so. God will give you direction. I, I, can't, I can't up here give you direction, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can come alongside you, pray with you, and help bring confirmation to what God is saying as one of your shepherds. I can help you ask the right questions so that you can begin to unearth the thing that's in your heart, so that you can go on that personal discovery so that you can work that out between God. But I can sure help you to line up. What I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, does this line up with the word of God? But it's going to be between you and God and what he is saying for your life. Luke 2, 27, moved by the Spirit, Simeon was called to pray for Jesus, this Christ child that would come. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Jesus was, was dedicated in the temple courts. And Paul, in Acts 20 and 22, was impressed upon by the Holy Spirit. and says, and now compelled by the Spirit... I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Isn't that beautiful? And that is what that defines. That verse right there defines a faith walk with Jesus Christ. I don't know. The Holy Spirit told me to do it. I was in the, in the message, and I got this little note thing that they started giving out to me. And I had my pen, and I just started taking notes. And all of a sudden, started, God started giving me direction, and so I laid it down. And, and I feel like the voice of the Lord is telling me to do this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to take care of it. I don't know how my bills are going to be made. I don't know if I'm going to be safe. He says, he says not knowing what will happen to me, I'm compelled by the Spirit. i got to go do it. I wish I had time to break it down, but before I moved, I was transitioning in, in from my hometown to Austin and really just going on this faith journey of following the Lord that got me here, I remember being in a church service, and I wrote down 10 or 11 things that I felt like God was telling me to do. And I'll be honest with you, I forgot about every one of those things until about a year or two later, I found it in my Bible, I actually opened it up, (laughs) I found it in my Bible and I realized God had begun to take me through every one of those things in a year, year and a half, two years later, I could check off every one of those 10, 11 things on that list, isn't that beautiful? If you'll just make note of it, give him some space and say, hey, by faith, I don't know what else to do, but God, I need you to show up in my life, in my situation. He may be telling you, hey, slow down. You got too much going on. Slow down. Make some space so that you can hear my voice. Rest in me. Give me some room to speak. Get rid of all the... Get rid of all the social media. to get, get, Stop scanning through everything and, and constantly having your mind think about other things and you're not giving me space to speak into, that sp- into, into your heart. Quit trying to watch every new YouTube video and <laughs> every episode on Netflix. You don't have to binge watch that. If You just binge me for a minute. Make some room. I want to speak. I've got some direction. I can answer the, do- the, the deepest qu- secrets in your, in your life. Do it now. Maybe it's time to get going. Maybe it's time to get out of that COVID season. You're kind of still in that pajama lifestyle. Like, I really don't feel like I need to do it. I haven't done anything the last 18 months. Why would I start now? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's time to take the next step. And we had an awesome next steps class uh, Sunday night, which we do every second Sunday of the month now, where we just give people an opportunity to just get get plugged into what God is doing. And we had an amazing time uh, just building relationships. We barely even got into some of the material. We we just spent time building relationships and sharing our testimony. And boy, masks were coming off. I mean, it was just very vulnerable. It's like like David dancing before the Ark of the Covenant coming in. I mean, we, we were we weren't naked, but it, it, we we were definitely disclosing everything in our lives. And which was beautiful time of getting to know each other. So we never get naked in next steps. Number four, number four, that is not a next step, by the way. Number four, whisper. He whispers dreams, Job thirty-three, fourteen. For God speaks again and again, and he speaks in dreams and visions of the night. And I'm telling you, we are living in the days that God wants to mobilize his saints. He wants to mobilize his army. He is speaking to align his people. He's wanting to make a spectacular finish, and it's going to be a spectacular finish. And he's looking for some people that are, who are willing to go all in with him. Acts two, seventeen says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'm telling you, God is desiring to put in something inside of you that will align his kingdom, align this natural world with his kingdom and will bring this natural world into order according to what he is doing. And it's going to look weird. It's not going to look accepted. People are going to wonder, why are you doing that? That's funky. Even your family members are going to wonder why. Uh, It's going to bring all kind of confusion but i promise you if it's the voice of the lord and he is truly calling you to do it he will prove your case without you having to say a word <laughs> i'm a living testimony of that but let him prove your case never feel like you have to defend yourself just say i don't know i've got confirmation it lines up with the word and i'm going to give you some more filters next week so don't i can't give it all away to you he he's saying go all in Just give me your best. It's it's time to make a difference. Worship team, y'all can come on up. And our response should always be, uh, speak to me, Lord. Speak speak to me, Lord. And the question is, and this should be our declaration, I'm open to hear. My question is, are you open to hear? But I'm open to hear. 1 Samuel uh, 3 and 9 says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's all he's looking for. He's just, his, his spirit is just waiting for somebody to truly be willing, truly create some space and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And oh, he's going to test you with, that, with patience. He's going to make you wait a little bit at times. And he's going to see, are you really waiting? Are you really ready? Do you really want to listen? And boy, for those who are willing to, to tarry, as Scripture would say. Boy, he just begins to speak. And all of a sudden, he begins to crack open destiny understanding, revelation and it pours in like a river and all of a sudden it starts to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper I'm eager, speak to me Lord, I'm eager to respond remember like Joshua was, he just oh you want me to take off my shoes? okay, gotcha John tw- ten twenty seven says my sheep listen to my voice I intimately passionately, relationally He says, I know them. I know them. And they follow me. We just, I just want to pray for you. We just open your hands. And like, just like I'm just a receiving posture. You don't even have to open your hands. If if you've spent time with the Lord and listening, just open. Just be open to, to respond to what God is doing. My first question is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? but I want us to be in this place. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you speak to us. That you, Even right now, since we've been in worship and we, we, we listen to your word, Lord, and we're in a time of prayer, that you begin to diagnose the static that's in our hearts that's keeping us from hearing clearly. And Lord, I pray that you just penetrate, your voice penetrates through that static right now in this moment. Father, right now, I pray that you help every individual, every one of your saints, begin to tune in to the clarity of your voice father i pray that you give them some indicators in their in in their their spiritual mind and their spiritual ears that helps them to begin to discern your voice even coming out of this space on wednesday on thursday on friday father and in that thing that they carried in today lord that worry that that concern that question Father, I just pray that you give them revelation right now. Please give them revelation, Holy Spirit, of what it is that you would have for them to do from the kingdom realm into the natural realm, even when it doesn't make any sense. And Father, I just pray that you bring peace with it in the midst of anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and confusion. Father, I just... Peace in the midst of the storm. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.